Jacob Kelly, welcome back to the It's Not That Deep podcast, brother. My man, I am so excited to be back, to be sitting in this beautiful new studio that you have, man. It's just crazy. I think it was Jamie dubbed it the the Sharma Palace. (laughs) I recorded one there. It's just crazy to see where you are here today. So I'm stoked to be back. Thank you so much, man. Like For those who don't know, you're an influencer marketing manager. I can't wait to get into that. What an amazing title. Like I literally asked you before this, like, what is that? What are you doing? And we started diving into it like true podcast hosts. Started doing a podcast and I'm like, time out. Before we get too deep into this, let's do it on the It's Not That Deep podcast. Um, thank you so much, bro, for being like such a pivotal part of my journey, man. We've told the story before on previous podcasts, but I think it's it's worth telling again, man. When I was getting into the podcasting world, obviously I had one of your best friends, Hayden, early on on the show when I was just figuring things out back in the Sharma Palace. Shout out to Jamie for that name. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I, to be honest, to this day, I still don't really know what I'm doing. But Back then, I really like had no idea when it came to equipment, how much recording you should do, what, what, like so many questions about the podcasting journey experience. And I know you had already been like well into your podcast journey at that point. We went for coffee, hit it off. I asked you a bunch of questions and you gave me such honest and amazing feedback and, and answers that genuinely to this day I hold with me. And like, I got to thank you, man, for being such an influence and major key in, in everything that I've been able to do in the podcast space. Well, I appreciate that, man. That that means a lot. I still remember that day sitting in Happy Goat, Happy yeah. Goat Coffee on Elegant Street. I remember, man, like yeah. it's it's crazy to think like how long ago that was, but also how close that was at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like 2020, like I forget that it happened. You know what I mean? It was kind of like I blinked and now we're here. So it's just like, but it's crazy. That's probably what summer early, like June, 2019, maybe something like that. It must've been around then. That's like when I got launched the podcast in June of 2019. I must've had Hayden on. So it must've been June or July of 2019. And now here we are just to kind of timestamp it. October 1st of 2021. It's kind of a crazy ride. Um, the podcasting journey for you and I has have been like I I know I can speak for both of us here when it's like something that's opened so many doors for us, um, creatively, professionally, dare I say, emotionally, spiritually. Like there's in just so many different ways, man. And let's talk about your podcast a little bit. Let's talk about my social life. What made you want to start that to begin with? And how has it kind of morphed into what it is today? Yeah, that's it. This could be a long answer. I'll try <laughs> to keep it pretty short. But essentially how it started is like I was I was vlogging on YouTube at the time and I wanted to be a vlogger. So the thought process behind the podcast was let me interview people that have grown on social that can I can then take what they've learned, apply it to my vlog channel and grow. And the podcast is just the medium to learn these things one on one. Yeah ultimately realized the podcast takes a lot more time than I thought it was going to <laughs> also because I just put that time into it naturally like just the amount of time was taking more time than vlogging um, I started to like it a little bit more than vlogging and I started to get more people would make comments about the podcast than about the vlogs interesting like I get comments about the research comments about my voice early on because it was different than how I normally talk <laughs> yeah, right yeah, so yeah. it's like it, I was getting more and more comments about the podcast and so I kind of just ultimately shifted my attention to this podcast um so that was the impetus of it was trying to learn how to grow on social media. And over time, people also were talking about the stories that got brought up more so than the tactics because mm. the tactics 
can become repetitive. You know what I mean? Be consistent. Post every like post every day. Like don't go for perfect content. Make sure it's good enough, but don't stretch. But all the stuff like gets repeated. But the stories are always different. Right. And so I started to kind of hone in on the stories a little bit more. Go even deeper on the research. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's how I kind of coin it with people. It's the life stories behind the people on social media. Okay. So it's not just the the tactics. We're gonna try and go back as far as we can go back to the beginning and learn about who this person is. Mm-hmm. They're not just a YouTuber. They're a human being, and this is their story. Um, and so that's kind of what I've honed in on now as a, for the podcast. So like I've had big YouTubers on the podcast and learning about them. Like I had a conversation with Joe Santagato, who's a podcaster, YouTuber, content creator. And we're talking about like his grade five sex ed class. You know what I mean? Like there's just more to these people than just what you see online. And I try to pull that curtain back on the show. Yeah. And you do the best job of that than anyone I know, because you go like, deep deep you do an insane deep dive on every one of your guests and like a 10 page word document worth of research you like literally know like you know and i've had the pleasure of being on your show so i know like you will go back through every single social media account and figure out stories about people that always almost always whenever i listen to your show people will be like what how would you know that man almost nardwar level <laughs> like shout out to nardwar right but like you do it in your own kind of you know really like analytical but also storytelling way and it's weaving people through this journey and this episode every time i listen to your show it's like wow like at the end of it i'm just like dude like i actually just learned so much about that person's story that like no Instagram feed, TikTok feed, or anything's ever going to tell me. And that's just like such a, like, that's such a big thing about social media, right? Is that it's such a, it's such a almost surface level thing, but we see that changing now with some platforms that are letting people just be truly themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think like, to your point with like, you're not going to get that on Instagram or anywhere. What I try to do is I try to find all the little bits on all the different platforms on an Instagram, on a podcast, on a YouTube and put them in one place. Mm -hmm. I try to compile everything that's out there into one spot in a chronological order that makes sense. So you're not having to do, I do all the digging so no one else has to. That's really interesting. So would you say that that's like kind of the core like the core pillar of your podcast? Like the most important thing is I want I want the listeners to come and feel like they're getting every angle social media wise and behind the scenes of my guests. I think so. That's probably the most important thing when it comes to is like the research is where I over index most of my time. Yeah. Um, so that's probably, I would say is the most important part when I sit down, but I'm also trying to, and really focusing on this is like noticing when my guest goes down a tangent and I've done it in the past, but I'm really trying to focus on it now is like to be able to ride that wave and like ride that tangent that mm. might not necessarily be in the notes. Cause sometimes I find like you get things that you're not expecting and that could be the best moments in an interview is not everything that I have written out. So it's like, I happened on an interview that I have coming out on Monday with this guy named Tom Boyd. Like we were walking through a story and then took a hard left, but we like, I rode through him with that hard left. And, um, I, sometimes you can find some really good stuff in there. So it's not being religious about the notes and mm. kind of just rocking with the conversation wherever it goes. Right. Well, I've found, and as you know, this, and we've talked about many times, I'm the complete opposite. My whole podcast is going on tangents. And the hardest part I find is coming back on track. And I think I've gotten a bit better at it, but that's through things that I've learned as well. Is like I got to kind of take notes during the podcast mm. of like how I'm going to bring things back because my brain wants to go a million different directions with my guests. I'm thinking right now, like this is kind of meta, but like we're we're on a podcast right now recording this and there's 
a million different directions that it could go. And, you know, quite frankly, we've done zero preparation for this podcast, right? I know who you are, so obviously that makes it a little bit easier. I'm going into this with context. I know who you are. I know your background. I know some of the things that you're up to. But I cannot plan. If I Even if I knew, like, three weeks from now I have a podcast with Jacob Kelly... I will not like do a single bit of research until maybe the day of I'll like I'll see like what what did, what do you post about recently that like if things like get stale and they rarely ever do but if they really do what can I talk about that's just going to lead us to more of those tangents and that's funny. So whenever I do podcasts and people are asking me about my, my approach and how I prep and like, as I'm talking, I see their eyes get wider and wider and wider. Cause I just keep going and going about how much research I do. I'm like, but you don't have to do that. Yeah, absolutely like it not. literally comes down to who you are and, and your personality. Like, I feel like with my personality, I need that. I feel like if I went in, I know I could sit down for an interview without prepping. I wouldn't be able to do it in the same style I do now without all that research, but I could do it. But I think I would stress that I'm just, we're going to run out of things to talk about, even though I know we never will, but with my <laughs> personality, I need that prep. But then I always tell people on the other side, there's you. I, like, I have a friend named Deepak. And like, he's the opposite. Like he sits down his podcast and before he starts, sometimes he'll look at his guests and be like, it's like, what do you want to talk about today? And yeah. like, that's all he needs to go. It's like the polar yeah. opposite. I was like, but that works for him. Yeah. And so if it's all about knowing your personality and like what was going to allow you to conduct the best interview. Cause I always and continuing on what I say to other people on podcasts, like with Deepak, if you made Deepak sit down and do all the research that I do for my show, his Dude. podcast would probably stop after one episode. He'd be like, I'm not doing this anymore. Oh, and look, to be honest, I have tried that for a few episodes and like i know that those are my worst episodes because like i got this script and like the minute things go off that i'm like freaking out i'm like well now what like everything's just kind of not gone according to plan they brought up what i was going to bring up at the later half of the podcast at the very beginning i can't tell them to stop now so i gotta ride this way but then how do i you know you just kind of but it's a really good point man there's not one way to do this there's so many different ways find what's yours and like I know we've beaten this horse to death, but it's like the most important thing is just starting to figure what that is out. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're never going to know how to do it. Like that, I think that was the theme of the last podcast was just starting. And it's just like, you're never going to be able to figure these things out unless you actually sit down and try to do them. Exactly. So one thing I wanted to talk to you about, man, because, you know, beyond just being a podcaster, I mean, you have an incredible kind of career journey as well from when I first met you. So you started off like from when I from when I met you a couple of years ago, right? You were working at um, for the Ottawa Red Blacks, um, a CFL football team here for Ottawa Sports and Entertainment Group, right? Correct. Yeah. OSEG, yeah. And you were doing like their kind of like uh, social media marketing, that kind of stuff. Do you think that that had an influence in you starting your podcast, or was it the other way around? I don't think they directly influenced the pot. I think I've always tried to do something content related, okay. even pre OSEG. Okay. Like when I first, my first year of college, I started doing a vlog. I called it Jacob's World because I was intending to travel. I never traveled, but that was the name of the show. <laughs> was J- the vlog was Jacob's World. Oh, After awesome. Jacob's World came a show I did called Jack Sports, okay. which was just me talking about sports on YouTube for 20 minutes a week and talking about the latest stories, giving my opinion on them. And then so I did that. And then that stopped. And then uh, so and then I graduated and then the following year I got my job at OSEC. I started vlogging again because I got yeah. this sick job. Let me vlog again. That lasted for a little while. Stopped doing that vlog. Started the podcast. I started the podcast when I was still doing that vlog. That vlog kind of fizzled out and it's just been the podcast ever since. So there's always been something I've tried to do since I graduated high school. Actually, even I don't know if I may have talked about this on one podcast before, but 
I wanted to do a gaming YouTube channel in high school. Like I bought the capture card and everything, but I just never got around to doing it. So like even in high school, there's always been that intent to want to start making content. Mm -hmm. Finally started in college. So I wouldn't say OSEG influenced me to start creating or anything. So you were already like a creator before that. OSEG kind of just was something that alongside it kind of aligned at the time. It seemed like really good fit. Like this is what I want to do. Like the job you mean? Yeah. Yeah, like the job was, so I graduated and I was supposed to go back and take a post-grad and I was like, I don't want to take a post-grad. Like I was like, you know, I really don't want to go back to school. Like I, I'm not going to go back. And so I texted or I emailed my program coordinator from the program I finished, not the one I dropped out from. I was like, hey, I'm not going back to school. Like if you know anybody that's looking for a marketing student that's recently graduated, let me know. Same day, OSEC had emailed him be like, hey, we're looking for a marketing student that's recently graduated. That's so funny. Let us know if you know anybody. So it was very serendipitous that way. And so the car, the stars aligned. I always loved sports growing up. I played sports my whole life. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is literally perfect. Yeah. So I, uh, I just, that's how the, the job happened. So it was very much like, I get to work in marketing and in sports. Like, yeah. I don't think there's Boom. anything more I could want. So dream yeah. position until you realized, okay, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. And maybe there's something else out there. Talk to me about your, then your, your next journey going into business for yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, like sports is awesome. Like I had a side, a ton of fun doing it. I got to do a lot of cool stuff. Like I traveled with the 67s during the playoffs and like got to see all that, got to be in the red blacks locker room on the sidelines, do all the cool stuff. But at the end of the day, like sports is a lot of hours. Mm. A lot of the, the adage in sports is overworked, underpaid. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like you got to love it. And I did love it, but I think like three years in, I was like, hold, like what is next? And I, even two years in, I kind of knew I wanted to do something else. I wanted to start my agency, but after two years, I was 67s. And then that third year they were like, do you want to do the red blacks? Mm. And I was like, so I delayed trying to start my agency so I could do the red run social for the red blacks and do that. But then, so yeah, I realized what, agency going out on my own was the next step. And so I just registered my business on December 31st, 2019. My goal was like 2020. We're taking this business full time. Um, and then I just worked at it. I got a couple introductions early on. So I got a couple clients and then COVID hit, which was kind of weird, Yeah, obviously for everyone. I was working from home, but that allowed me to kind of focus on the business while working at the same time, still getting my work done, obviously, but like it just allowed more flexibility and stuff. Like I can remember like before pandemic hit, like with one of my early clients having to like run up to the, the press box on like a Tuesday. Cause there's no one up there on a Tuesday, but there's no heat. So it's like in February in the freezing cold, taking a client call so that my job doesn't know I'm like <laughs> trying to leave. Um, so I, yeah, so I started this agency, just started working with anyone and then i think it was about around may i was like at my breaking point where i was like i can't handle both anymore so i just took that jump and then once people knew i took because i didn't tell anybody for the longest time that i was doing this agency like i wasn't broadcasting it because i didn't want to broadcast like, hey i'm trying to leave my job like i don't think my job would be too stoked about yeah. that and so i didn't tell anybody and then once i told everybody that i left and this is what i'm doing it's like the floodgates kind of open and i just got so much inbound so fast that i like burnt out like i was mm. a month in being like this is what i wanted and i hate it Oh, wow. Because I just took on too much too quickly and I was right. just like stretched. You're like, in. well, this is what it's like to be an entrepreneur. I guess I got to <laughs> entertain every, any opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And so like whenever I got into like weird situations, I always like the mantra I kept like in my head was like, just stomach it. Like, this is what you're signing up for. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if you're uncomfortable pitching, if you're uncomfortable, like you got to stomach it. This is what you're signing up for. And, like, that's what I was doing for a long time. But, like it got to the point where I was like, oh, this isn't fun. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not enjoying this. Like I'm yeah. stretched so thin that I don't want to do this. So I eventually got to the point where it's just like, I ended up not renewing a couple clients when the contracts were up. And if a contract, a client wasn't extending or anything, like I wasn't trying to fill that position. I like kind of hit a peak and I was like, I'm going to let this kind of dwindle down a little bit for a little while. And so that's what I ended up doing. I kind of slowly kind of scaled things back for a little while. Like it was crazy. I was like, I was making more money than I ever have. And I was unhappy. Like couldn't be unhappier. Wow. And so that's incredible, man. Hearing that perspective, because, um, 
I remember that time when you had kind of spoke to me as well about like, look, I got this job, but I also got a few clients with the agency. The minute I make more in my agency take home than at my job, I'm going to leave. And then you went and actually did that. And then you're like, so, but then things got like too rapid, too quick. And then you're like, well, I got to scale back on this. And so that's one thing that I've always really appreciated about you, man, is your ability to like your self-awareness and ability to pivot. And so talk to me about your latest pivot. So coming from, you know, going, things are going kind of well, kind of coasting-ish with the agency. Is that okay to say? I definitely yeah. say coasting. Yeah. <laughs> then what happened? What was what was the next kind of play there? I mean, first of all, I appreciate your kind words. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but like genuinely, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean it, man. But, uh, but the, so back to the agency, I was just like, yeah, I didn't really know what was next. And I, like, I was definitely coasting. Like I started letting some of those clients go when I was at my peak, but then I stopped trying to bring, I just like, I kind of fell out of love with the process. And I hit that point where I was like, okay, so with the agency now, it's either I have to get a couple clients and then step back and hire somebody. And then I don't make a lot of money and like kind of take that, that Uh, financial hit and like just scale it that way. But I really didn't have the heart. Like I wasn't in love with like that idea just did not excite me mm, anyway. Yeah. And it was like, cause the rate of scale with what I was realizing with the agency was like the rate of scale is like, for example, I think I had eight clients on my own at one point. If I want, I can't exceed that. If I want to hire eight more, I have to hire somebody. If I want to add eight more on top of that, I have to hire someone else. It's like just just this like stair stepping that I was like, I just don't want to do. And so I didn't know what to do next. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to, to grow the agency. I'll run it as company of one, but the company of one, I can only get it so far. Yeah. And I felt like I wasn't improving. I felt like I was just doing the same thing, but remixing it for a different client. I was making social media content for one client, making a different kind of social media content, but doing the same thing for someone else. And honestly, like at that point, it's just another nine to five. Yeah. But I, more. Yeah, and exactly. With, and you can't turn it off. And like there's <laughs> constant headaches and like you're running everything from the accounting and the finances and invoicing and this and that and like actually service delivery as well because you were fulfilling everything yourself. So agency of one, yeah, not very scalable, man. Not very scalable <laughs> and like not something and it just wasn't exciting for me. So and I started to realize it's like it's probably capping my growth as just like a, as a person because like I'm just doing the same thing. Like it's not hard work anymore. It's just right. volume. Like I don't have to... Like, I'm not learning anything new. I'm not try, like, pushing myself. So like, yeah. I was trying to figure out what that next step was. And then I was talking on a call with Swish, who's the CEO of TrueFan. And we were talking, we had a call about something else, but then he was talking about this new product that they're working on called Surf. Um, and they want to put a bunch of, not a bunch, but they want to put money in influencer marketing. And I was like, interesting. I was kind of looking at the TrueFan and I, at the kind of everyone there. And I was like, who's going to do that influencer marketing? Because like, that's going to be, that's going to be a lot of work. Like, I don't think they're yeah. just going to drop that onto someone that's already there. I was like, they might have to hire somebody for that. I was like, that's interesting. Like, what if I came in into the influencer marketing? What it like, I was like, that kind of works. Well, it blends the world of my podcast would kind of blend my full-time job. It's something new. I've never, I've done it a little bit, did a little bit for the Red Blacks, did a little bit. I had a client where I did some small influencer marketing stuff, but never at this scale. And so I was like, what if I did that? And then I had to, to go through the whole process. Like, do I shut the agency down? Cause it's like, there's pride in being able to say, I have my own, I have my own company of one, but like to have, I run my own business. Like I am my own boss. Yeah. Like, there's a level of pride with that. So it's like coming over that mental hurdle to be like, it's okay to step back from that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not happy doing it is saying I have my own business worth it to be unhappy the rest of the day. Or should I just look for right. something else? And I, I, like I'd almost reframe that and almost say that it's not even stepping back. It's stepping sideways. 100%. It's just literally just going into a different realm and like exploring something that's going to make you more interested in like, Hey, I want to see what's going on here. 
yeah so it allowed me to like really kind of dive further into this world of influencers which is kind of where my podcast sits so i kind of get to blend those two worlds together yeah. uh, they also sponsor my podcast so that's like part of the job now oh we're gonna talk that. about that we gotta talk about of that of course for sure. um but so i was like you know what this is interesting like and i and i so i actually uh, i called my buddy scott birdie who okay. was a found he's not a founder but he's like a founding team member so like when they started the company they hired scott like he's like employee number one he was their chief growth officer and recently left true fan to uh just for a different opportunity I think he just he done so much at your fan i think he was just looking for that next that next thing um and i have a ton of respect for scott and i really value his opinion so as someone who knows me very well obviously knows true fan and i value the opinion time i called him and i was like hey can we go for shawarma because <laughs> i'd never gone for shawarma either so i was like he was freaked out of that so hey can we go for shawarma so i went for shawarma and i asked him and i was like hey like what do you think of me doing this yeah. he's like it seems to make sense to me like i i don't see why there's no reason i'm i don't think you should do it and i can i remember that day because we there we couldn't eat inside obviously so we went to the museum of nature because it's close to but where both of us live and then like torrential downpour it wasn't and then it's like torrent the skies opened up and it, like torrential downpour on us we're like hiding under a tree trying to eat shawarma and talking about this true fan thing um but so ultimately i called swish and i was like hey i have something i want to run by you like would you be open to me coming on board full time not as an agency like as an employee and doing the influencer marketing and he was like absolutely let's do it and i was like sweet like perfect and so like we just kind of ran through the list of what I'm doing now. And he's like, what of this do you still want to do? What do you not want to do? And so I was like, obviously the influencer marketing. And I was doing their social media at the time. I was like, I don't want to do the social media because like I want to be able to sink fully into this influencer marketing. So I didn't do the influencer or I didn't do the social media, just influencer marketing, the podcast still. And um, yeah, so that's how it all came to be. Like I just saw there's an opportunity. I have a ton of belief in TrueFan. I have a ton of belief in the founders and Swish and Onik. I love the team. The culture is great. I've been there. Like I started working with them as an agency when they had like eight or nine employees, I think. And they're with like interns and part-time and contract. They're like 40 people now. So like they're growing quickly. They've acquired two companies. They're launching a third product. And it's just like, I have a lot of belief in them. So I figured, you know, I might as well jump on this rocket ship. So let's talk about how that relationship did start. How did you come up with, how did you, how did you learn about TrueFan to start with? So back to, back to Scott Birdie, actually. So when TrueFan first launched, Hayden met Scott at a networking event, a LinkedIn event. Okay. So Hayden brought Scott into the OSEG, the Red Black's office okay. to pitch us TrueFan. This was like right when they started. And so I first met Scott in a pitch meeting. It's a bit of a long story. I'll, I'll make sure it's not too uh, long. Go for it, man. Uh, so I met Scott in the pitch meeting, kind of connected with him there, whatever. Scott came back to town. Him and I kept meeting up every once in a while. He came back to town. We met it. We met actually at Happy Goat Coffee. <laughs> we met at Happy Goat. <laughs> Where real relationships are built. <laughs> 100%. And so we came back to Happy Goat and this is actually where I got this hat. So I, I don't have this hat because I work at Truth and I got this hat like, way before wow. so he like gave me this hat it's just like hey man i figured here's a hat if you want it and i was okay. like yeah, absolutely so he gave yeah. me this hat and i got home and i was like man that would have been a great podcast so i text him like next time you're in town because true fan wasn't in out of ottawa but scott's from ottawa um next time you're back in town let's meet up again but let's put mics in front of ourselves and just record that conversation it's gonna be a great podcast so he came over to my house we did like a two-hour podcast um stayed in touch still and then like we just kept meeting up when we came back to town and then i launched my agency and scott was like how's like have you launched it how's it going yeah and i was just like yeah like i've just launched i have like one client right now like things are going pretty well i'm just trying to figure out like what the next step is and as we were going he was like actually can you just write me a proposal if you were to do our social media like we might need somebody so like can you just do that for and what kind like, of work for social media okay he's like we might need someone to do that and can we have a podcast could you edit that too and i was like yeah <laughs> cool and so he's like yeah can you just write that up and send it over and i'll see what i can do and so it was because of scott scott I sent him a proposal. He forwarded on to Swish. What was, what was that first proposal? What did it look like, if you don't mind sharing? It was the social media, mm -hmm. the 
um, and the podcast. Yeah, but what did you ask for? What was the ask, like money wise? I think it was two thousand. Two thousand. Two thousand for like your second client and like doing all that. Looking back on it, I didn't get two thousand. So, so what what were you? What was the ask? I think I ended up. I think it was like fifteen is what we settled on, which I was like totally fine with. And I was just like, honestly, like I think because even at the time, I was like, I think this has this company could be something. So even if it's it's less than you ideally want, it's like I'm in now and I'm working with them and yeah. this is cool. Dude, so it took yeah. a little bit of a hit in the beginning, but it's been obviously it's paid off tons. Like I think if I'd been like, no, I want that two thousand, yeah. I would have been like, sorry, we can't, like not right now. And yeah. then none of this happens. That's a that's a really interesting point. And that's why I ask that too, because I think people who are early in kind of their business real like like journey, it's the relationship building can be tough and like getting those first few clients is like one of the hardest things. And kind of balancing wanting to get like whatever anyone will give you for any amount and anything but also like not just working for free oh, and just totally. being a slave you know what i mean like and, and like back to the relationship thing i every single client i have i think came in through a relationship yeah it was all referral i had i did outreach in the beginning just trying to get anybody i was like i'd go and try and find people trying to hire for a social media role yeah. and i'd reach out and be like hey i have an agency it'll be cheaper for you to hire us as an agency as opposed to hiring a full-time employee yeah. i got one call from that the only call I had one call and on that call, the guy looked at me and said, no one will ever pay you that much. And had I signed him, he would have been my smallest client. Wow, man. We could like literally do a whole podcast episode just on that because like, trust me, been there, especially early in my business journey and stuff with all the podcast, uh, like stuff and that whole offer that I was running way back when, like, trust me, like I've learned a lot from those days, like the low quality leads and like trying to do outbound and then the inbound stuff being like honestly great because these people already want to work with you but then sometimes their budget is really bad and then i'm like well then i gotta do it myself and all that stuff but going back to true fan for a second what i really want to know about then is okay so how did that lead to you doing the most like crazy awesome never heard of thing before which is having them sponsor your podcast and you guys growing together and doing mer kind of merging like forces on that because i've never seen like a deal done like that yeah it's and that's a big testament to swish because he's the one he's the reason it happened um but so part of that original deal was to edit the true fan podcast the podcast was called fans first it was great scott was actually the host of fans first. okay and scott was great like scott also has a really good podcasting voice um i really enjoy i used to like just listen to the show as a fan before i even worked for true, so, worked for so true you fan. might even say that you were a true fan you might. <laughs> um but so i so part of that deal was was to host just to edit this podcast and so they paused the podcast and started up again once i came on to edit it so okay. it started it stopped it started covid hit everything kind of went sideways for everybody so they stopped the podcast again and then a couple months later they're like hey, let's do the podcast and they're like do we want to relaunch fans first do we want it to be a new podcast if it's a new podcast is it a different format um, if it's a different format, like what's that format? Who's if it's not fans first? Is Scott still hosting? Is someone else hosting? It? Yeah, it a like, lot of questions. A lot yeah. of questions. A lot of back and forth. And eventually, Swiss just called me on the phone. He's like, "Hey, we're paying you to edit right now. Can we just throw our logo on your cover art? Pay you the same thing and just like partner with you on your show and you make your show the official podcast of True Fan." And I was like, "As long as I still own it, like I'm not mm -hmm. signing away the show." Right. Um. And he was like, "100. Like I have no expectation of, of like taking your show from you." He's like, "I just want." content coming out on behalf of true fan that i know is quality like yeah. i don't want it to be something random we're just half-assing like it's like you've clearly been doing this for a long time like i have like i want just you to keep doing what you're doing but just put our logo on it dude and i was like 
cool. And he's like, we'll open our Rolodex. So you, if anybody we know you want to get on the show, let us know. We'll reach out to them, which is how I got like the founder of Starbucks on the podcast and different people. Um, and yeah, so that was literally it. And so that was how that came to be. And it's just a big testament to Swish. That was his idea. And it's been very, very beneficial to me. He's been great. They've the team, like multiple people have helped introduce me to people on the show. And like, it's, yeah, it's been great. And like, even back to the with true fan helping introduce me not only people to the podcast but probably at one point half my clients came as true fan referrals wow so it's just like they've just been super great to me since i started working with them back in february and yeah dude it just goes to show like what going for coffee with someone can lead to like it's it's kind of wild isn't it like that to me and and still the story's not done yet because now we want I want you to kind of get into as well like what your current position is now and how things have kind of pivoted to that because true fans still very much a big part of that very much so so yes yeah, so and now my official title is influencer marketing manager and so what my focus is is driving user acquisition for the new product called Surf and so what Surf is not to obviously plug it too much no, but just no, no. For, go for, for it con- man go for, for it for the context so essentially what it is it's a browser extension that pays you for your browsing data. Cool. So it tracks you the same way Google does. Google doesn't pay you, Surf does. Cool. That's the difference. Um, and so you can redeem your points for things like gift cards to Amazon, Uber, Uber Eats, DoorDash. So it, it's like, yo, my privacy's already gone. I might as well make some money for it. Yeah, the number, <laughs> I, I can't remember exactly where they found it, but it was $500 billion made off of uh, tracking and selling consumer data in 2020. Consumers got $0. Mm. So I was like, I also believe in this this mission of, of helping to reward consumers for right. their data because there is value to it and it's time that you get value from it yeah you also have control of it so you can go on to and you can see all the data that's been tracked and cleared at any time you can delete specific things it's also anonymous so it's not gonna be tracked back to you or anything like that so it's like i really believe in the product which is part of the reason like if they were selling something i didn't care about yeah. like, i wouldn't have well, called a, them yeah that's a big part of it too yeah and so that's what this browser extension it's a free extension and you just in exchange for your data which you are in control of, you can clear anytime you get points that you can then redeem for prizes like eventually like, if you really spend the time like airpods is a prize ps5 is a prize but, like that's obviously gonna take you a lot longer than getting like a 10 15 amazon gift card right um but so that's what the product is so i'm coming in to drive user acquisition for that so i and they hadn't launched it when i came on board like i we were literally starting day one from like beta launch is when i get to kind of come in and do this okay. so i was like it's i think there's a lot of potential with this product so if i get to come in i can have like some real impact on helping to drive user growth like i think that's going to be a good thing for me in the long run yeah um and so yeah so my entire thing is driving user acquisition for that so i'm like obviously i have help with it but like i am responsible for the influencer marketing i dictate how the budget gets spent i figure out who we partner with i talk to all the creators i negotiate with all the creators i send out the contracts i evaluate the content i approve the content i get the analytics i do the report i do end to end i'm responsible for the influencer marketing obviously like swish will suggest people our cmo karen will suggest people um i want our in, the intern and the marketing department caleb has been helping me find people as well like sometimes I'll be like, i'm looking for this type of person and he'll come back with a list of like 25 to 50 people that match that criteria but like at the end of the day like i'm influencer marketing falls on my shoulders for pretty much the whole thing like swish swish has a ton of connections so he helps out a lot with like his friends which is huge yeah um, but like at the end of the day, all the paid stuff all the it's all kind of falls down on on my shoulders it's almost like your podcast and all your creative journey has been prepping you for this totally inadvertently like just like through learning about influencers and social media and every aspect of it and every type of creator from youtubers to tiktok to tiktokers to podcasters like 
all these different mediums, you've kind of been able to dissect and learn people's story and then be able to kind of reverse engineer that and now be able to apply that to a product that A, you believe in, B, you're already partnered with this company and like C, it's literally what you love to do and love to talk about. It just seems to me like a dream partnership, man. Would you agree? 100% like it's awesome. There's been times like I almost feel like I'm getting emotional when I like I jump, I finish a call with a creator and I'm like, that was literally my job. I just talked to this person about their creation, about how they, their process about their story like it's like 15 20 minute calls but it's just mm-hmm. like this is cool like this is my job now is to talk to these people and like yeah. just establish relationships with them and so it's been uh yeah it's awesome dude you're true testament to someone who actually followed their passion and like not in a corny way like go follow your passion but you've like discovered it through actually getting reps in and doing things and figuring it out and figuring out more importantly what you don't like you know what i mean and so that's why I think like when when you say like the, I mean I love that you know you've been able to kind of make this jump and so the agency you you had to put that away for or, the, for the most part yeah there's still a couple clients that TrueFan is fully aware of yeah um so yeah I have two clients one of them is a social media client yeah who I have a ton of respect for him as as an operator yeah so I run some social media for him and then I also work with an agency out of Vienna Austria and I edit their podcast cool um so one of them the one client's on Retainer Monthly and the the, the agency out of Vienna um they're more sporadic um, okay. it's kind of like whenever they have time to get a podcast done they send it my way so we're more so on a on a per podcast basis more than anything cool so i have one client on retainer which true fans aware of it's actually a true fan investor so they know everyone's aware yeah. i try not to hide my situation from anybody i'm very right, transparent right, right. Um, well so, now you don't have to <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so so yeah the agency still exists technically very very minorly not yeah. really taking on anything new really focusing all of my attention on true fan mm-hmm. um and and this influencer marketing thing but you still are editing your own podcast and everything that's still run through true fan and everything so that's all still intact yep and you're still um you got a couple clients that's not really the focus it's just like i actually like these people I'm, I'm literally just keeping them around like it's just i like i like them and you're you're a sicko because you love editing like i know you actually do enjoy that part so hold on here let's actually talk about that for <laughs> yeah. me because i had this realization literally yesterday yeah. it was 9 45 p.m and i was like this is my daily thing where i'm editing still at 9 45 and i'm like yeah. it's been three years of this yeah I need to like, I need to scale this back somehow because I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm about to hit the wall hard Okay. and I need to change things up before. So I kind of came to the realization yesterday that like, I'm going to stop everything after, I'm going to edit the interviews, but everything beyond that, social content, extra YouTube clips and like graphics, I'm stopping. Okay. Beyond that, just editing the interview now. And because I was like, I've been doing it for three years. I've had a couple podcasts pop off. Not a single one of them is because I had a clip that did really well. Mm. I mean, that might help obviously with some branding and stuff and people seeing the podcast and more touch points. But I was like, then I reflected on how do I subscribe to a new podcast? And I don't think it's, there's ever, ever been a time I've seen a clip on social media. Like I'm subscribing to that podcast. That's so true. It comes through. I already follow you. You're like, I've been watching Philip DeFranco for years. He put out a podcast. I listen to it because I like Philip DeFranco. Wow. And so it's like, maybe if I scale back on, all this social content for the podcast. So basically how I ended up equating it is like, I was looking at, I need to focus on the podcast branding, but I was like, I zoomed out a little bit and I was like, okay, hey, what about Jacob's Ke- Jacob Kelly's branding? Cause Jacob Kelly's branding is what's going to drive people to the podcast more so than the podcast clips. So I was like, I need to focus on these other aspects of my own personal brand to drive people to the podcast. Cause if people like me and my brand, there's a higher likelihood of them coming to listen than if I'm just a random podcast that they saw one clip for on TikTok. So I'm changing things up a little bit. I don't know how that's going to 
develop over time. Like I literally had, I was like vlogging. I kind of just like opened up to my vlog yesterday on my phone. And I just like thought through this for like 10 minutes. Just I ranted to my phone essentially, but like I kind of like settled on this literally last night. So this is still fresh. I haven't, I don't know what this is going to end up looking like, but it just frees up my time to try to do a little bit more and I can get the podcast more of a manageable state now that will allow me to, to try and experiment with new things. So I was like full-time job podcast is probably like 12 to 20 hours a week on top of my job. I was like, I don't have time. Like there's all these little things I want to try, but I can't do that yeah. because of the podcast. Yeah. I was like, but I don't want to stop it. So that's kind of like where I ended up settling on last night was trying to find other ways to focus on my brand, but still do the podcast and focus on what I love about it, which is the prepping and the interviewing, but yep. not so much like the social media and all the extra stuff me too man i really don't like that extra stuff i don't even like touching the interview so that's where you and i differ like i don't want to, i don't want to touch any of it if if i could i literally only do what we are doing right here i could do this all day every day it does not feel like work to me i think you you and i would agree on that but you know anything beyond that like i don't even want to touch the sd cards I want like I want it to be so hands off that I just show up, sit down, get to do what I do. But I I have always admired that you do take a um, really hands on approach to taking care of, of of your whole brand. But even though like I know you're saying it in a way where it's like you know like I know I've been doing everything, but I got to scale back now. I think that's actually gonna help your podcast and everything else that you're doing so much more because it's gonna allow you not only like time like away from doing that but time to think Mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the most important things bro because we don't have like almost unscheduled time like we usually fill things up with something there's always something to be doing it's like oh well i could be doing this or like i could be posting about this Go for it. I, I, know say, you, I you can, say I can so. tell you what my day looks like pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit different because I'm changed up a little bit. Like basically what it's been for the last month, it's been wake up at seven, yeah. kind of just get ready, whatever, 7.30 to, to nine o'clock. I write because I'm doing screenwriting for fun. Right from 7.30 to nine, nine o'clock to 11 is work. 11 to 12 is at the gym. 12 to 12.30, I have a call. 12 to 12, 12.30, 12.45 is eating lunch. 12.45 to one thirty. Uh, do a little bit more work stuff. One call at one thirty, or call from one thirty to two. Uh, work two to five. Dinner, prep at five. Eat at five thirty. Try to clean at six thirty. Uh, client stuff six thirty to seven thirty. Podcast seven thirty to nine thirty. Get ready for bed. Read till bed. Done every day. It's just like there's no breathing room in there. No. You know what I mean? I was like, well, I take breaks to like make dinner. I was like, but that's still like me having to make the food and do all the stuff and yeah. like. I was like, I have a girlfriend. Like there's just, there's, there's yeah. not enough time. So like if I can scale some of the stuff back and really try to manage my schedule a little bit better. Um, cause I, yeah, I just, it was last night. It was nine 45. I was sitting downstairs. I was still working and yeah. I was like every day. And I was like, man, I just, I feel a crash coming. So I need to, I need to change things up. Oh, it's, again, it comes back to your self-awareness to realize that, um, your schedule is insane, by the way. That's, <laughs> that's wild. Like, I don't know how you do all that in a day. It's absolutely, I admire you for that, man. And, and it was like, cause and, it just, and I was like, there's like CEOs that have schedules that aren't as packed as this. I was yeah. like, that doesn't make sense for like, obviously I understand you have to put the work in to get to that point. Yeah. But I was like, am I, I think I need to focus more so on the Pareto principle. Like I feel like I'm not paying attention to the 80% that's working and the 20% that's not. And mm-hmm. so I need to focus on that more. Cause it's just like, yeah, I feel like I'm just putting so much work in and 
I just, I don't have to be. I feel like I'm almost just looking for that. I feel like, cause it's like, I think a lot of people struggle with this. If you're not working, you're falling behind. If you're not being productive, you're doing your, you know what I mean? And I feel yeah. like I fall into that trap very easily. Yeah. And so that's part of the problem, I think. Yeah. I think the focus thing that you brought up is huge, especially amongst entrepreneurs and high achievers and people who want to make something out of their life and do something. It's like, we want to do all these things and we have all this like ambition and drive and yada, yada, yada. But then when it comes down to like zooming out and thinking strategically about like, yo, what am I really doing here? You realize like you're doing a lot of stuff that like you don't have to be doing. So like cooking, for example, is one of them. I know Hayden, our boy, like he straight up just outsources cooking. And I admire him for that because he's bought back a lot of his time by doing that. Um, I'll say for me, like the editing, I will pay someone to do that. And I've kind of gone that route from very early on because i realized i add no additional value to this activity um and whatever i'm paying someone it's 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 hard to say it like this but look it's like my time is actually just worth more i can go get i can go make more money with that time if i want to and so that i i want to almost take that to an extreme i don't because like i still schedule all my things in the calendar i still respond to all my own emails and dms and i think there are some things you shouldn't outsource like there's just it's like i have a hard time like um having someone else post on like mm. um social media for me i want someone else to make the post but i want to uh, post it like actually post it because i want the caption to come from me i want the comments to come from me i want to dm people from me because that's like my favorite part of social media is the interaction part and the connection part right but the editing of an igtv clip or like having like the right graphics so that it it's visually appealing and using the rule of whatever threes i, I just like I do not care about any of that stuff. Uh, like, so I think having that kind of reflection and I really like how you broke down your whole day into like almost 15 minute chunks because I think everyone should do that. I think that's an actionable piece of advice here. Take stock of like what you're doing like for two or three days and like go down to the granular level like every 15 minutes. You'll realize you're wasting a lot of time doing like not what you probably should be doing or what's bringing you the most value or results, right? You're scrolling Instagram, you're checking email, you know, you're doing calls, you're doing this, you're doing that. And I'm so guilty of this. And I've, I've recognized that, like, I think I get a lot done. And I, I think, like, I'm this, oh, yeah, like, I do, I got so much done today. I realized I just did a bunch of random things and I feel tired because I just did a bunch of random things, but I didn't do it as effectively as I could have if I had said, I'm putting my phone on airplane mode for the next three hours and I'm only going to, you know, if, if I'm Jacob Kelly, I'm only going to write a screenplay first thing in the morning, you know, or I'm only going to read at this time. I'm not going to also try to be on my phone, also have Netflix up on the TV, also, you know, call my mom, like also do all these things that, from a ego standpoint, you feel important. You feel like, yeah, look at me doing all this stuff, multitasking. But you're really like just not doing that much. No. And like let's peel the curtain back on my my that's what it looks like in the calendar every day. Mm -hmm. Which over it's kind of overwhelming to start the day, but it's also like 
there's that like 3 p.m. crash where I'm supposed to be working, but I'm on TikTok. Mm. And, but then it's like, then you get in your head because you're supposed to be working right now, but you're on TikTok and you're wasting time. And it's just like, I, I never in circle. Like sometimes like I try to meal prep as best I can. It's like some days my cooking is just throwing it in the oven and I have half an hour. So I'll play a game of FIFA or something like that. Uh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so like that's what the calendar looks like, but there's still, I still have those moments where I just like, yeah. I kind of crash. Well, it you're out. a human. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? And I struggle with like, coming yeah. to grips with that sometimes. Yeah. Like I just, cause I get so down on myself when I hit those, when I kind of take that, like that midday crash or I take that break or just like when that happens though, i need to be do a better job of like acknowledging it and like doing something like because like i know i crashed today so i played a game of fifa in the middle of the day and i was like i should probably go for a walk instead of playing a game of yeah. fifa like i feel like there's ways that like i just need to be better with some of the stuff i do when i have that quote-unquote that like time where i stop working is yeah. like to use utilize it better again but then it gets back into productivity and like it's just yeah. a, it's a never-ending circle sometimes i feel like i'm running it it is tough but i think the best way that anyone could start is by removing things off your plate to begin with and trying not to jam-pack that calendar so much like my goal is to have a pretty empty calendar within the next couple of years i really want to scale back what i'm i'm actually doing and i don't know we'll see maybe like on our next on four episodes from now i'll be able to show you an empty calendar where it's just a couple things that i really want to do every day like i'll still be recording the podcast and i'll still be you know maybe working on maybe i only do sales calls or maybe i only do you know a certain like maybe i only go golfing with clients i don't know that'd be pretty nice you know what i mean maybe i only do some things that like actually are fun and like bring me joy but then kind of the other stuff i'm not doing as much of and there therefore i can think more i can live more i can go do things that i actually want to do maybe i want to learn how to dance serve for this or that like whatever it is right and that in turn makes me a more interesting person which makes my content better which makes my business better which just makes everything better and uh, you know that's kind of the goal but like you kind of said as we're not all really there yet we're still pretty young we're still trying to figure it out you got to eat a lot of dirt and be in the trenches while you kind of systemize that stuff. definitely and it's important to remind yourselves that we're young like i'm like holy fuck i'm 24 yeah I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm like, man, I was supposed to be like a millionaire by now. What's going on? <laughs> like, I thought I was going to be a celebrity at 22. Yeah, like, what's happened here? I thought I was going to be boxing 30 Jake Paul. 30 for 30, like, you know, yeah, yeah. For the record, I never want to box Jake Paul. That is, he would <laughs> toast me, man. It would not be a long fight. You and me both, man, like, <laughs> honestly. But um, go, going back to it, I think um, everything that you're doing right now is exactly what you need to be doing, man. I really like um following your journey it really inspires me because honestly because you and i are so similar but so different in so many ways and i was actually talking to jamie about this like on one of our previous podcasts and we were just talking about how like macro we very much do a lot of the similar things and we have the similar mission vision path and like you and i are the same way hayden and a lot of our, our circle and people that we hang out with we've all kind of got the same overarching mission and that's why we kind of get along so well right and honestly like one one thing i will say we're really lucky to have each other like in, in such a supportive friend group and not not many people have that you know what i mean we don't call each other every day but we're we're there for each other right but then going back to it like jamie was saying is like but then when it comes down to the the micro we just do things differently and as we should we're different people man like jamie likes to edit deep into the night i shut down at around 6 7 p.m like my brain no longer 
could churn out any type of productive work like you can ask me to do something it'll probably get done in a really crappy way but i'd much rather just sit down have a little bit of whiskey maybe throw on some tv read a book or just relax you know that's my recharge in the evening but then that's just not how jamie operates you know jamie might take a two-hour nap at some point during the day i can't take naps so it doesn't matter because the the goal, the the mission and everything is still the same. And so that's kind of my point there is like we're not going to we're not all going to like see eye to eye on every little thing. And like that's what makes us human. But I think as long as you kind of agree with each other on like bigger picture things and what we want out of life. I think you'll always have people that kind of want to root for you and, and want you to uh, succeed in whatever you're doing, right? No, 100%. And one thing too, like with a schedule like that, one thing I was like really reflecting, I was like, I just haven't, also like COVID was a factor in this. And like I saw, especially like I saw my grandparents, when, when no one knew what was happening, like I saw, I saw my grandparents regularly. So it was like, I wasn't seeing anybody. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like that was a tough part of 2020 for me. It's like, I talked to everyone every once in a while, but like, I feel like I've been so busy and I don't see anybody in person because I'm seeing my grandparents. It's like, I haven't seen anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, that's something that I was like, I think I need to take that time back on the schedule so I can actually have time to, to spend genuine time with, with my friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not just have like, my girlfriend always calls, she's like, it just feels like business friends. You know what I mean? Cause you're, mm. cause you're just so busy. It's like schedule a call in my calendar and we can chat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's actually spending genuine time with yeah, my man. friends. Cause the schedule's so busy. I haven't had the time. So it's just like, I've sent a couple texts. I sent one to you today and I was yeah. like, let's go for coffee. Let's just like yeah. link up. Like just because as soon as I, I started sending those texts, like that makes me initiate that commitment. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm not waiting for someone to text me. for coffee. like, I need to take that action. Yeah. So that like, I have to find the time in my schedule. I can't just be like, oh, it's too busy. Like, no, I don't have the time to text anybody. Like, I'm just forcing myself to text people to to spend that time. Dude, I, I love that. I've been doing something that, like, for the millennial or whatever type of person kind of freaks them out a bit. But I've just been calling up my friends. I love talking on the phone. From, yeah, from time to time, I'll, I'll literally just call people out of the blue like no schedule nothing if i'm like driving i got five minutes i'm like let's just check up on this person call them up hey how's it going like hey man did you uh did you butt dial me like is, is, is something going on it's like no man i'm just calling to say hello how's it going what's going on oh you, you sure uh no like yeah um I'm, I'm doing fine uh like it's like people almost don't know how to speak to each other anymore yeah. and covid did not help with that right everything's become so isolated and zoom calls all day and like well i gotta run to my next i got my one o'clock so i'm gonna get you know it's like yeah it's just yeah i have a, a friend marcus elick that does that constantly like not constantly but he he does call me out of the blue and i appreciate it and we always whenever he calls me i feel like it would be, I always have great conversations. I mean, he was like one of my, he was like my best, one of my best friends in high school. He lived around the corner from me. Um, and so I don't see him very often, but he calls me. We always end up reminiscing about different things. I just feel yeah. better after. Yeah. And I feel bad because like he actually did that five minutes before we started recording and I didn't pick up because like, I don't have time to jump on a call because we're it's okay we're He's, record. you send him, send him the clip of this like when, when we released this episode and be like, bro, definitely was not ignoring you and here's proof yeah <laughs> no but like to your point like those yeah. calls out of the blue are great but sometimes i feel like my schedule's so busy i panic when i get one of those i'm like i don't have time to answer this and you know what yeah. i mean it's just like it's just chill it's kind of what the, but even the, then the it's okay to just send, send a text yeah you know even then it's just like you know what like hey like busy we'll call you back like whatever like the there's like very basic communication totally. skills that have been lost with like our generation of like it's easier to ghost <laughs> it's like actually easier and i'm so guilty of this dude like i initiated i texted you 
yeah. a couple of weeks ago because True. I'm like, dude, I'm thinking of Jake. I would love to grab coffee with this guy. It's been so long. Let's make that happen. And then I just got hit with the most insane couple of weeks ever. And I'm like, I know he gets it. Like, oh, yeah. I, I know, like, I don't have to worry about this guy and give him, like, a whole, oh, sorry. Like, I know, I know you're not going to get all emotional about it. Like, I don't know about this D-Fat guy. Like, what's, what's his <laughs> deal? Like, blah, 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 blah. But, like, then you hit me up, and I'm just like, yeah, man, we do need to grab coffee. But then next thing you know, we're here doing a podcast. So I mean, that's, the, that's the weirdness and randomness of life that I love, man. And the reason we're here is because I texted I, back to I was texting people to go for coffee. I texted you, but I also texted Jamie, and Jamie was like, "Do you want to just come for the podcast tonight?" Yeah. And I was like, "I mean, I could think I can make that work." So, dude, um, I just I just love that's what I love about podcasts too. It's like we could literally just sit here and talk for hours about so much stuff. But kind of bringing it back on track now, I think I'm, I'm gonna try to do my my little Jacob Kelly impression here. Um, one of the next things that I really want to kind of dive into is this whole influencer marketing world. Now, as you know, Jamie and I are kind of in our own way involved in an agency where we're trying to blow people up on social media, on TikTok, on Instagram reels and stuff like that. Now, you also know that I'm not the guy behind the camera. I'm not the dude doing all the editing and posting and all the TikTok stuff. That's my business partner, Jamie, who we both we brought him up many times in this podcast he's he's the maestro on all things tiktok and whatnot me as you know i'm a little bit more like on the business development strategy sales that you know back end building all the courses and that kind of stuff for the business so i wanted to do something kind of weird and special on the it's not that deep podcast something i've never done before and i'm actually going to bring jamie on to complete this podcast with you because i want you guys to geek out on all things influencer marketing I just know I wouldn't do it justice. I'd be sitting here pretending to know about you know, CPMs and how to <laughs> what kind of hashtags perform very well and how much to work with influencers for. So I'm going to bring Jamie on here. Uh, so I'll just take a little pause and I'll, I'll get Jamie on here and it's going to be awesome. Sounds good, man. All right. Welcome to part two. Second host of the night and the evening. Welcome, Jacob Kelly. Even though you've already been introduced, Thank you. I was going to ask, do I welcome you now? Because I was <laughs> yeah, here maybe for that's you. how do it I works. Have to welcome you to this episode, but no, dude, I'm excited for this. Yeah, so you guys were just kind of like leaving off and finishing on the topic of influencer marketing. You and I were having a little bit of a chat, geeking out, nerding out about the topic right before the show. So what I want to talk to you a little bit about before we start is with your role in TrueFan and influencer marketing, you're controlling these marketing budgets and finding the right fit, the right fit for certain campaigns. What are certain things and tactics that you do in your role uh, looking for people and influencers that are going to be a good fit for a brand? So like kind of how do I find them essentially? Yeah, and what what are the what's the criteria of somebody that's going to make a great partner in a brand deal? Cool. So I'll I'll kind of answer that in two ways. I'll start with how I find them and I'll kind of talk about what I look for after. Perfect. So I kind of I do it primarily a uh, couple main ways is one just through jumping on TikTok and clicking on the hashtags that are relevant to us and scrolling through and looking for creators. Another way that I use is uh is uh, you true fan actually so true fan their other platform is like um it allows you to upload your instagram following because you can export your data but it exports as like a uh 
a CSV, which is kind of like an Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. So the data, it's all a bunch of bunch of data. But if you upload in a TrueFan, they enhance it. They add like the profile photos and metrics and stuff. And so I use I use TrueFan. They and they have a thing called Cerebro, which is all the accounts that have been uploaded in one giant list. And I can go um, bio keyword TikTok because if anyone's got a big following on TikTok, they put it in their bio. So I bio keyword for TikTok, and then because we don't have TikTok on the platform, it's Instagram and Twitter right now. But mm. I buy a keyword for TikTok and then it filters me a bunch of people with big followings on TikTok. So that's another way of doing it. Primarily been kind of focused on doing it through just organically on TikTok. Also, I guess the TikTok creator marketplace. I don't know if you've played around in that at all yet. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. So like I've used it a little bit. It doesn't work as much as well as I'd like it to for what I'm doing. Like it, but anyway, so I use the marketplace a little bit, but primarily just through searching up the relevant hashtags and scrolling through and trying to find people that I think would work well for the campaign. And now for what would work well for the campaign, I'm looking for kind of three different sections of influencers as it relates to surf. So I'm looking for people who can talk about, pardon me, I don't if we can edit that burp out, guys, that would be, <laughs> that would be huge. <laughs> um, Shout out to Ahmed. Yeah, thank you, Ahmed. Um, so I kind of break into three sections. And that first section is people who can talk about surf, the product. So they, mm. um, from how the, like it's data collection, how the product works, this is what it is. Like people that talk about like cool websites is huge on TikTok. Like mm. websites you need to know part 30, like that's huge. And so people that talk about websites already, I'm going to want to partner with you to talk about surf. The other section is people that will talk about how to get a rewards for free. So if you follow a foodie and they start talking about, this is how you can get Chipotle for free, you're interested. It's authentic to their content because they're talking about how to get Chipotle for free, uh, but then they can thread it and tie it back to surf. Or another mm. one is like, um, so some of our investors are pro athletes, uh, Thaddeus Young, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Derek Favors. And so another popular thing I've seen pop up a couple different times is people doing like guess that athlete. And so they'll hold their phone up, put like a 30 second timer and someone will be like, make them guess this person. And then mm. they got to guess the sport, the league, the team, the conference, like to try and whittle down from everything to this yeah, one Yeah, I've player. seen that podcast where those guys kind of do that and they choose a random player from a random team in any league. Yeah, so I've seen this was like, could we find someone that does that type of content that yeah. then um, we could be like, get them to guess our investors and then allow that to be a natural segue. So it's people that can talk about the um, the rewards or find a way to connect them to the product that's not necessarily the product itself, but so that'd mm. be natural. Or like, for example, one thing I'm kind of looking at right now is trying to find different basketball TikTokers so that we could be like, have them shoot a, like a crazy shot. But before they shoot it, be like, if I make this surf, we'll give away a Tesla or something. So that's like, it makes sense for that content to be in their feed. That is a one of the biggest, if not the biggest thing I'm looking for is if a surf ad is placed in this, um, when we compare it to the rest of your content, would it feel awkward? Would it stand out in a bad way? Or would mm. it fit in like another post that you might make, even if we weren't paying you? That's one of the biggest things I'm looking for. I want it to feel natural to that creator and the type of content that they post. And t- I give the creators as much creative freedom as I possibly can. Obviously, like make sure hashtag ad is in there and all the little, like there's some little things that I got to check on, like legally that have to be there. Mm. But for the most part, like as long as you aren't like misrepresenting the brand, I'm not really going to tell you to change much for the most part. Like I try to give them as much creative because I want it to feel authentic to them and to their audience. And the third thing that I look for is Tesla creators, Tesla people, <laughs> just because we're giving away a Tesla. So that makes sense. So once that contest closes, like that'll be obviously be phased out for the most part. And then it'll focus on those two, but it's people that can talk about the product, mm-hmm. people that can talk about the rewards and get in the rewards for free. Like, um, so yeah, so with the athletes, again, making it feel authentic, they can also talk about, we have like champs, Foot Locker, Adidas. So that, that's something that their audience might be interested in. Um, obviously, we have Amazon, Uber Eats, a bunch. Of, there's a ton of. So like, uh, it gives me a lot of wiggle room and a lot to play with. But I'm looking for 
people that obviously where the content will feel authentic. I want it more often than not someone that talks to the camera and therefore talks to their audience. Mm. Like on TikTok, because we're focusing like 99% on TikTok, some reels crossovers in there. Um, but a lot of the times like you can have people who don't talk and sometimes like that's just their phone or like it's just them recording something and you don't see who they are. I'm looking for someone who has that connection with their audience and can talk to their audience. So even if they're talking about surf, like them talking to the camera doesn't feel inauthentic. Like it's always mm. weird when it's like, someone only takes the music off their TikTok and starts talking when they do a brand deal. And then you look at it and it's got one-tenth of their regular views because it's completely different from what they're normally doing. So I'm looking for someone who's already talks to the camera, has that relationship with their audience, obviously can get engagement and different things like that. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing for me is people who are just good content creators that talk to the camera and where that content will feel authentic in the feed. And I'm luckily, because we have all these rewards, it allows me to be very broad with those types of creators and like one very small niche. Um, but that's kind of I've rambled a little bit here and I'm still honestly figuring it out. Like it's only been a, like today is officially one month. Mm. So I was like, I'm still, we're still standing everything up. We're still kind of getting everything figured out and just stuff. Like only a few creators have posted thus far. So it's like still learning a lot, but that's kind of what I'm, my approach is at the moment. Okay, I love that. I think one thing I want to touch on that you were talking about just there is that you said about, what, 90% you focus on TikTok? Yeah. So why TikTok is your, why is TikTok your main focus and not Instagram or Twitter or another platform or YouTube even? I think TikTok is important because there's obviously there's that viral factor in everything. Like any mm. video can just, add, you never know what's going to hit. And if it hits, it can go for a while. Um, I also think pricing is a little bit, I feel like Instagram's more established and I feel like I think not, not more established. I say, I should say that prices are higher on Instagram mm. and I feel like the return on what you're getting on TikTok, you can get your budget to go further. It's cheaper attention is what you're saying. Cheaper attention right now. Uh, but I honestly, but I found some really good, there's been some good stuff on reels as well. Um, I obviously can't get in like crazy prices and talk about. Yeah. yeah you don't need to go into that but detail. But. TikTok was a thought because there's also a lot of attention there right now. Yeah. And it's just, it's so that's the biggest thing is honestly, it's, Instagram is overpriced in some respects. So TikTok is, I don't want to say cheaper because I feel like that, that like not lowers, not muddies it, but like it's not, I don't like the word cheaper. I just don't like the word cheaper. You know what I mean? I'm saying like, I feel like that's not, it's more cost effective, more cost effective, but I feel like it's just more per accurately priced. If that makes sense. Mm. I feel like Instagram, it's just, I like maturity almost. If that makes sense. Yeah. Where so you're really, basically saying TikTok is underpriced attention. You can go underpriced. And yeah. then Instagram and Instagram reels are probably appropriately priced attention yes okay. i would even say appropriately priced tiktok maybe mm. underpriced if it goes viral i think like if it mm. hits how it's performing appropriately priced but where it becomes underpriced is if it if it hits and it has okay. that um but so tiktok's the biggest thing there's just that viral factor it's a very popular platform right now looking for engaging video content and you're getting that a lot on tiktok that's mm. the biggest thing too is like i'm looking for engaging creators and i'm finding a lot of engaging creators on tiktok as well yeah, there's one guy that comes into mind in particular. Uh, I don't know if you watch Frank Michael Smith. I don't. Uh, he's a uh, he does a lot of really fantastic sports breakdowns, uh, and he does a lot of biography type content of all these athletes. So just tossing this out there for you. Look him up. Maybe there's a way to talk about Thaddeus Young and his career and how his investments yeah. have gone up. And then he does a lot of really really clever sort of ties in with his brand deals. Um, and that could possibly tie in with a, a Tesla giveaway or something. But that's just like, totally. that's where my mind went. Cause he's a creator I, I love to follow and he does really fantastic sports biographies and, uh, and stuff like that. But on another note, what we were talking about a little bit earlier was 
uh, CPMs and cost per click and all these different things. So for the audience that are listening, let's talk about some of those metrics and kind of educate them on what those mean uh, and kind of what those typically look like. You don't need to go into two specifics, but kind of what you can talk about. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if I can go into numbers. I don't even like in terms of what they normally look like. Like, I don't really know yet. Okay. I'm still kind of learning from that. Like, I have some in my head. I don't even know. If, like, those are my internal numbers. So I don't know mm-hmm. if I can share those. But so the three things that obviously we're looking at for valuation perspective, um, we're looking at CPM. So how much does it cost for every thousand views? So CP, I don't M is like mil or something like that. Cost per milli. Cost per milli. So yeah. um, that's a thousand. So how many? Yep. So for X amount of dollars. So we'll just make it easy. We'll say we pay... I don't know, $1,000. And so if we pay $1,000 and we get 100,000 views, I don't want to do this math. I feel like this is- $10 CPM. Thank you, $10 CPMs. Um, so $10 CPMs, so that's what cost per thousand is. We're looking at cost per click. So how many How much do we? How many clicks do we get and compare it to our budget? That's mm-hmm. link in bio clicks, obviously, because you can't link to the in the post on TikTok. And then cost per acquisition. And acquisition for us is someone installing that browser. Um, so for me, my cost per acquisition will probably end up being lower than normal because- I'm not selling a product like I, it's a free conversion. So it's probably going to get more conversions than someone else, more acquisitions. So those are kind of the big three metrics that we're, that I'm looking at right now to track, obviously a little bit with just in terms of views, um, because I feel like with attributing to influencers, if they don't go through that link in bio, that attribution falls off. Mm-hmm. Right. So like if we have someone who gets like a hundred thousand views and only 2000 people click through or 2000 people, whatever it is, 2000 people click through, but then another 3000, don't go through the link and just join on their own. We don't, we can't attribute that. To yeah. You can't track that. So obviously like under, we understand that going into it. So it's like, these aren't the, uh, the hundred percent accurate numbers, but like it's as close as we can get. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's CPM, CPC, CPA. Kind of those are the three that we, uh, we follow. Yeah. And so you can probably at least look at your data and you can say, we got 2000 clicks from this person's link in bio, but we also noticed within a seven day period that our, clicks on this link in general from other traffic sources did increase as well and you might be able to attribute some of that to the influencer a little bit it's tough because we have like everything hitting at once right like yeah. we have paid ads hitting we have the organic mm. hitting we have our influencers hitting i think there's going to be some press stuff hitting so it's like all that's kind of hitting at the same time because we have no pre-existing numbers mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to gauge what's like obviously there's going to be tracking stuff so we can gauge the track stuff, but anything beyond that, we, might not say, we can't attribute it to the correct source because we're just kind of doing it all at once. So we can't mm-hmm. be like, oh, there's a spike. It must be this, but there was three other things that are also new. So it's just, we're still learning. Like I said, like the product launched in beta on the 9th, I believe. Of so, September? Of September. Oh, wow. So like Three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so, so new. Like, so we're still a lot of like, honestly, just testing and learning at the moment. Like there's nothing I can really like, concretely say yeah now yeah but what i find interesting what you were talking about a second ago is when you look at organizations and startups as they're going through their marketing strategy right now you guys are juggling about five different balls and tossing them all up in the air and doing them all at the same time which i think a lot of young creators specifically may not realize because oftentimes what you see is you see somebody focus on one of those pillars you know they'll focus whether that's on paid ads or just seo or just influencer marketing and you know people acquire those skills and probably become really really good and develop those well um but what i find want to ask is how do you find it working with a team and juggling all those different things and coordinating with each other and everybody in their own roles it's not so bad honestly okay. i really like the team and truth and that was one of the the attractors to me joining yeah um but we have like someone that's great in social that managed the surf social we have a paid ads 
uh, someone that leads paid ads, I lead influencer. And so I've created like a dashboard within, I don't know if you guys have ever used Notion or not. Uh, yeah, we use Notion. Yeah, so I yeah. have a dashboard within Notion. Uh, it's like I have the influencer marketing page. It has like the, the dashboard, which is like tracks all communications with influencers. Like who do we need to reach out to? Who have I reached out to? Mm. Who um, who got back to me? Are we? Ne- who am I negotiating with? Who have I sent a contract to? Who signed a contract? Who are we waiting for content from? Who has content have we approved? Whose content's been posted? Mm. And then after the fact, like should we work with them again? Should we not work with them again? Who was out of our budget? There's a section for that. Who just stopped talking to us after we've made contact? There's a section for that. So it's just like this crazy. I have my communication dashboard with influencers. I have a budget dashboard that kind of just tabulates all the budget. So I know like where we're at kind of being like, how much do I have left this month? How much mm. like, you know what I mean? So I have a budget thing. I have an analytics thing that tracks all the analytics. I have wow. a, um, a documents thing. So it's like, I have a, I call it the welcome document, but it's kind of like an overview of the campaign that I send in my initial outreach. I have a talking points document. I have a, a contract template. It's a documents thing. And then also in there is a thing I call the content archive. And so it's, I, whenever an influencer posts, I download that video or sometimes they just send it to me. Um, I then, I'll add it to the content archive. So the name of the influencer, their handles on TikTok and Instagram for if we repost it. Um, the day they posted it, a link to the original post um, and then a downloadable link to their content. And then I have check boxes for approved for ads and approved for social. So anyone on the team can jump in there and see, can I use this video? Can I not? If they do, all the information they need when reposting is there and they can just download it. So tried to make it as much like there for the whole team. Like any information they could possibly need about my goings on in a day or what they can mm-hmm. and can't use with what I've worked on is should all be in that influencer marketing page with a notion that I've kind of developed. And so was that a task that they told you to develop or I kind of know you and know how you research and know how you work a bit? Was that just something you're like, I'm going to make this easy for everybody so that you can kind of see all the things and ins and outs of what we're working on right now on the influencer side of things? It's kind of like developed over time. A mix of like, oh, it'd probably be easier if we just had this and I'd make it. But I think the dashboard, like the communication dashboard is like kind of the podcasting one that I had already, Mm -hmm. but like on steroids, because my podcasting one is like five tabs and this has like 10. Mm. Um, But like some of it is just kind of like the CMO camera is like, we need an effective way to to track the content and Mm. to to label it and like so that we know what's proof for ads what's not and i was like do i do that in folders on google drive but then i was like notion's probably easier and then i made the budget one because i was like i just want to make sure i don't lose track of the budget because i want to make sure i don't go over yeah i don't want to make sure i'm spending it appropriately um so i made the budget thing and then obviously the analytics thing is just a pretty standard thing i knew i was going to have to make anyways um so it's kind of just been a combination of me realizing what needs to be made some people like again the content thing was something i didn't actually think of coming into it but karen has tons of experience our cmo she's like make sure you make this so it's just easier for everyone mm-hmm. um, so it's been a combination of media realizing this is probably helpful and just learning as i as i kind of go and just kind of figuring out as we go along has kind of been <laughs> what i've done yeah no i love that so for anybody listening jacob is an incredible researcher um and we've talked about this beyond just your podcast, pretty much everything you do, like the the YouTube videos that you put out, like the full David Dobrik documentary. I actually, when I had, I, I watched it yesterday again for the first oh time. Oh my months. goodness. I, like, I crashed out at one point and like, and I just put it on and I watched the whole thing again. Yeah. So if anyone's listening, definitely, uh, what's it called? Last, I was going to say last week tonight. That's um, definitely not it. What is it called? What did I call it? Tomorrow Night Show host? Yeah. Tomorrow Night Show host. By, uh, with David Dobrik. And that yeah. was like, pretty timely that was right before he got right before canceled i didn't get a ton of pickup on it when he did get canceled like people looking for stuff like there's a bunch of other doc like jeff wittick's doc drop and that pushed mine down the search rankings yeah um 
but yeah, I think got a couple hundred views after, but nothing, nothing crazy once his, his whole scandal hit. Yeah. So basically the point that I'm trying to say though, is like your, your brain is just incredible. <laughs> like you. the amount of research that this man does into his documentaries, into his podcast, into his screenplays, which <laughs> like that's, that's a topic for a different day. I feel like that's just a wormhole that we would get sucked into. Probably. Um, and I kind of do want to keep this on the uh, the influencer marketing space right now. And so, uh, but what I want to talk about is talk a little bit about how like all that research was a skill that you were able to acquire over the years, developing the My Social Life podcast, getting great influencers and, and people on, on the show, learning more about them. Uh, and talk to me a little bit about how that podcast today now is intertwined with TrueFan uh, and helps uh, grow your brand and their brand and, and the business as a whole. Yeah, I think the big thing is like it's great for obviously relationships and stuff. It's like that's something like I've met people, so that helps. But on the true fan side specifically, like it's just consistent content for the for true fan that's coming out. Like it gets a decent reach, but nothing spectacular. And I told mm -hmm. that to Swish when we signed that agreement. I was like, just so you're aware, like I'm not gonna like be driving new like business every month. Like it's not crazy or anything like that. And he's like, no, no, I just want the content. I want consistent content with the True Fan logo on it. Like that was his big aim. And I was like, okay, cool. So the podcast kind of services that need with the consistent content. Um, for the influencer marketing stuff, like I had a call with somebody who I think was like we weren't able to sign just for budgetary reasons, um, but ended up coming on the podcast anyways. And he's got a bunch of so. We're able to use it from the relationship side. We can deepen the relationship with the influencers we're working with by having them on the podcast and allowing them to share their story and giving them that platform. Also, if like they get to spend an hour and a half with me, like I'm going to be their main point of contact. So it's like now we have that relationship even mm -hmm. more. Um, so we can do that with the podcast. Um, we've done some stuff like I've had Thaddeus Young, the investor on the podcast, to do uh, true fan related. Like a lot of it was true fan related. And so I had the podcast was part of the hashtag sports podcast summit for their annual event this year mm. and they wanted a sports related podcast so i like called switch like hey i have a little bit of extra attention you're gonna be coming to the podcast through this summit can we do the thaddeus podcast we'll talk about true fan on the show so there'll be extra attention and they'll learn a bit about true fans like there's some crossover like that but for the most part like it really hasn't changed a ton since i signed that deal like they've been very good of just letting me do what i do with it and not influencing it all um but yeah and then they've helped me get guests like the biggest one obviously is the co-founder of starbucks which came through them and like so yeah. they just they help me get guests when i need them and um there's one i want to talk about i can't talk about right now i'll tell you off the air who but like there's someone that we're talking about right now that uh, might get to come i might have told you already you actually. did you I did tell you already yeah um, i'm very excited for that one a big fan yeah and i can't talk about because like we haven't talked to him about it yet. Like it's going to happen. But yeah. they, they've helped me land some, some decent guests on the show, which adds to the credibility. And the more credible guests I have on the show, the more credible people I can pitch to. Yeah. Even outside of true fan. You know what I mean? Like I can now, when I go to people, I can say, hey, I had the co-founder of Starbucks on the show. Mm -hmm. Also, here's a testimonial from him. That doesn't happen. Yeah. And fan. NBA player Thaddeus Young on. Now you can yeah. pitch other athletes because you've got one of the big four leagues already been on your show. Exactly. So yeah. to, to me, it sounds like what you're doing is one, a branding play for true, true fan and yourself, mm -hmm. uh, personal branding play, uh, two, a potential like long distance relationship building, but sales type of thing where, yeah, I mean like, I don't even want it to be say, I don't even think sales is the right, like I've, they've never been like, Hey, we really want to get in touch with brand. Can we ask them to come on the show first? And then, you know what I mean? Like it's never been like that. Yeah. It's relationship first it's relationship first. And like, it'll never, like I've never really used it for my like even when i had the agency like i wasn't using it as like i mean it would probably have been smart to do that but like mm. i've had almost all of my clients no, i had i've had like 
Swish on twice. I've had the other co-founder fan on. It's like, obviously that helps strengthen the relationship with TrueFin when I was working with them. Um, I have, I've had one of my other clients, uh, Mario, who's the CEO of RDV, which is that Vienna agency. He came on recently. I have my other client, Manny Pattas. We've been talking about it. We're going to find some time at some point. So it's like, I've used it to kind of just strengthen relationships more than selling. Yeah. And I think that's like, that. that's the ultimate form of like networking. Yeah. Right. Because, and, and me and Deepak have had this conversation many times in the past where you can't just expect to network by showing up to networking events, wearing like a suit and tie, like it might work. It's ineffective. It's ineffective. But when you're actively searching for relationship building and friendship building, kind of the way that all three of us got connected with each other, uh, you end up in wonderful opportunities, like sitting across from each other in a pretty cool studio at the Sharma Palace. You know, and, and I think that's something that I'm, I'm really looking forward to following along with your journey and, and seeing that develop more and more because I know the type of person you are and I know the type of diligence that you put into your work and the attention to detail that you have that is rare to find in a person, in a human being. And I know that that's going to transpire in gr- more podcast episodes and I can't wait to see like the bigger and bigger guests come on and, and be just as enlightened as Deepak and I have been on your show which I think is going to be really great for true fan. It's going to be really great for you and your career. And it's going to be fun for us, me and Deepak and the crew as listeners to, to follow along and see. I think it's pretty remarkable what you're up to and stuff. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I honestly don't even think I'm that detail oriented. I think like I just do a lot with the research, but like, I feel like I, I skip over, like, especially in editing and stuff. Like maybe mm. it's just the research where I pay attention to the details, but like after that, I feel like I'm not the most detail oriented. Yeah. I feel like you have like a, a detail limit and you, you exhaust (laughs) every ounce of that during the research process. But to be fair that that amount of detail is still something that very few people will ever put into anything. So I appreciate that. And it's just like, I've got the system now that works for the research. So I can also like play FIFA while I research now I've Mm. developed that ability to throw on a podcast and just turn the sound off and just like have that occupy my mind while I'm like focus on the podcast so is that because you're so good at FIFA that you can turn off your brain to play or you're just so used to researching that it's like second nature I don't know if I mean I think I don't think it's I think I just need like because a lot of my research is done by listening to podcasts yeah and I think I would actually zone out if I if I had to just sit on the couch and listen to a podcast, mm. you know what I'm saying? So it's like FIFA is just there to keep me stimulated while I listen to the podcast. Mm. I have to listen to do something while I listen to podcast. And like, I'm good enough that I can play FIFA and not lose when I'm like, but I don't play, I just play the computer. So I'm not like, I don't know. I feel like I've gotten okay at FIFA, but I would not call myself nasty yet. We're getting there. That's though. fair. That's fair. You're on your way. On my way. I think uh, what I'll do to wrap up this whole episode, because we're getting up a little bit long, you know, we're in part two. That's okay. Um, I'll finish with one final question. Um, And you can answer this however you like. But the question is, um, you work with a lot of influencers, a lot of creators, and you see a lot of people working on building their personal brands. What What is one tip or a couple of tips that you think that any creator or person that's building a personal brand can do to make them more appealing to getting brand deals with, whether that's companies like TrueFan or or whoever that they're looking for? It's a very good question. That's not where I thought you were going. So I was like preparing an answer in my head. But <laughs> you went a different angle. What can make someone more appealing to a brand? That's a really yeah. good question that I don't like. I don't know if I have a good answer for that. Cause I feel like what I'm looking for is so specific, but another brand might be looking for something completely different. Mm. Um, but I think what you can try to do is like, 
figure, I don't know. I, I really don't know how to answer this question. Here's what I will say. Okay. I don't know if this is the best advice in the world. Again, I'm still very new to this from the brand side, yeah. the marketing side. But I think it's like, but I don't want to say to set your content up in a way where it would make sense to have ads. Cause I feel like as a creator, you should be doing it just authentically yourself. And I think honestly, the best way I will let's roll with that is to make your content authentic to you and to make it something that people watch. I think that's, what's going to make it most interesting to brands to have a genuine connection with an audience. That is going to, that's my answer. That is, yeah. I like that a lot is to have a genuine connection with your audience. That is the biggest thing that like, I hope is the biggest thing brands are looking for because yep. they're going to trust your opinion more. So don't focus on, anything in terms of like if you're trying to get i mean like obviously like you can be reaching out to people and stuff there's a bunch of things justin nolan is really good if you want to learn justin nolan justin moore justin okay. Moore, i think anyways um but justin moore is someone i had on my show who talks about helping creators get brand deals mm-hmm. but so you can do all this extra stuff but the biggest thing at the end of the day is make sure you have a connection with your audience and value that connection as well. So brands might come to you before that connection, but guard that connection. So don't just take every brand deal that comes your way. Take the one that makes sense for you and your audience that you trust enough to share with your audience. So mm. it's the biggest thing I will, I've kind of rambled through this as I've tried to figure out my answer. It's probably <laughs> not the most coherent way, but it's just make sure you establish a strong connection with your audience and value that connection above all else. I love that. So basically build that strong connection so that your community trusts you. If you get a brand deal, integrate it in an authentic and genuine way so that you can keep and maintain that trust and then it works for both parties. And, you know, just do that every now and then when you need to. Exactly. That's what I tell the creators when I talk to them on the on the phone. And I'm mm-hmm. always like, I don't want to tell you what to do. I don't want to be like, here's an ad, just like film an ad for us. Like I want you to have that creative freedom. You mm-hmm. know your audience better than I ever will. And if you make a piece of content that looks like an ad, sounds like an ad and is an ad, your audience isn't going to engage with it. If your audience isn't engaged with it, it's not going to get as many views. If it doesn't get as many views, I mean, my budget's not being allocated properly. It's really just bad for everyone. Mm. And so by giving them the creative freedom to, to just go about their business as they normally would, of course, it's going to be a little different because I got to mention the product and things like that. But like, just, I want the video to be as authentic as it possibly can. Mm. That's what I always, that's why I tell every single, when I get the chance, some of them don't jump on the call. Some of them just keep it through email. But when I get the chance to jump on the phone with them, that's always like one of the most important things I highlight is like, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. You know what you're doing. I don't know your audience. You do. Let's make this as natural, organic, authentic as we possibly can. I love that keyword authenticity. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I guess that wraps up uh, this episode of It's Not That Deep. I was about to pull it, plug my own name in there, but I can't. It's not my show. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Jacob, for coming out to the Sharma Palace. Thank you, Deep, for carrying the beginning of this episode and let me take the reins to the finish line. And uh, thank you, audience, for listening to this, uh, wherever you are, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Music, or uh, here on YouTube. Uh, Until next time, Jacob, we'll have many more great conversations, I'm sure. Uh, Glad to call you a friend. And uh, cheers. Likewise, man. It's been awesome to be on an episode of It's Not That Leap. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Okay, we're done.